celebration of the coming of the Holy Spirit to the church. And um, we celebrate this, are supposed to be celebrating it every year, just being reminded of who the Holy Spirit is and the work that he's come to this earth to do. So, uh, so this week and next week, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit at work in your life and mine. And here's, here's why I feel, so, um, I feel so compelled to talk to you about this. And it's because so many of us in our Christian experience have lost the excitement and the joy of walking with Jesus. We've lost the, the, the wonder and the joy, the mystery, the what's going to happen next of the Christian life. How many know that that's what the Christian life is supposed to be like? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen today? What's God going to do in my life? What's God going to do in my family? What's God going to do at work? through me. You see, this is what it means to have a relationship with God. This is the difference between a relationship with God and just a a religion. And so many of us fall into into religious habits rather than walking day by day with Jesus. So I want to talk to you today about walking day by day with Jesus, allowing the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you. This is what it means to be a Christian. So let's take a look at this passage of Scripture found in Acts chapter 2, and it's the first uh, few verses, verses 1 to 4. And uh, perhaps you could just read along with me. When the day of Pentecost came... Hello, are you with me? Let's do this one more time, ready? When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so you understand today that Christianity amongst the world's religions is very unique, very special. Very different. Because ours is a faith that talks about God dwelling within his people. Up until this point, this was, a, this was a, an idea that was not understood by anybody. It was biblical. It was in the scripture. It was in the Old Testament. It was prophesied by Joel, in fact, the prophet Joel, but nobody really understood what this was all about. In fact, this is what Joel says uh, hundreds of years before Jesus makes the promise in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Everybody knows Acts chapter 1, verse 8, where Jesus says, and the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and what? And you will be my... It will be my... Anybody read their Bible? Acts 1, 8 will be my... Witnesses, that's right. You'll be my witnesses where? In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, the uttermost parts. This is what Jesus said, the Holy Spirit's coming. Everybody's like, okay, well, whatever, sure. I'm up for that, whatever that means. But listen to what Joel says. And afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Did you get that? The old men will... Dream dreams and your young men will see visions. I'm just, I'm getting dreams and visions right now. I'm about that age. Uh, 
Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. We're talking about a fulfillment of prophecy. Prophet Joel says this is what's to come. And now, in Acts chapter 2, we see a fulfillment of this prophecy. The Holy Spirit coming and dwelling in God's people. Absolutely earth-shaking. It, this, this was a turning point in the history, in the history of the world. God, the God of the universe, coming and indwelling those who put their faith in Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question this morning. Are you aware of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in your life? Are you aware of the Spirit of God at work in you and through you? Because if you are not, then you're missing something. And it's precisely for this reason we have these ancient church celebrations to be reminded so that we will not forget that we need the Spirit of God to work in us. Now, God's presence no longer dwells in a temple built by the hands of men. Everybody understands that? In fact, God never did dwell in a temple built by the hands of men. His presence rested there. We call it the Shekinah glory. If you wanted to meet with God, you needed to go to his temple. But we understand today that God does not dwell in these, in bricks, within bricks and mortar and drywall. He dwells in the hearts of his people. So here's the thing. Whether we have this building or not, we can still have church. As long as two or more are gathered together in Jesus' name, he's there. And we're having church. The presence of God shows up. And so this morning, we need to understand something. That God, when he called you to be his son, his daughter, you became part of a brand new temple, a living temple. You are, in fact, a brick in the temple. Look at that person beside you. Although they look like a brick. Yeah, go to, you just tell a person, you're just a brick. <laughs> you're, you're, you're a brick. You're a block. You're, some wives are, you're, dear, you're a blockhead. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know, what you're, I don't know where you, how you feel about your spouse today. But fact of the matter is, listen to this. We are all bricks. We're all blocks in this great, magnificent building of God. Because we have the Holy Spirit within us. And when believers get together, believers who are full of the Holy Spirit get together and worship together, we experience something electric, something powerful, something magnificent. We're experiencing the very presence and power of the Holy Spirit at work in our midst. That's why we have church. That's why you need to come to church. So you can experience the presence of God in a way that you cannot experience Him all by yourself in your own home. So here's the thing. Before Jesus actually ascends into heaven, he actually tells the disciples ahead of time, listen, I'm going away, and when I go, I'm going to send you someone in my place. His name is the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and here's what Jesus says to his disciples. This is, what, this is what's going to happen when the Holy Spirit comes. Thank you. John 14, 25 to 26. Look what it says here. Read it with me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send, whom the Holy Spirit, 
We're going to Greek now. Uh, let's start at verse 26. But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, are you with me now? Will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Isn't that interesting? So here's the thing. Jesus is saying, I'm going away. I'm going to be leaving you. And the disciples say, what? You can't leave us. We've got a good thing going here, Jesus. We're raising the dead. We're walking on water. We're, we're feeding the multitudes. with just a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread. We've got the, the, the religious leaders, the teachers of the law. Everybody's mad at you, but we're powerful. We're, we're almighty. They're bold because they're in the presence of Jesus. You can't go away, Jesus. Jesus says, yeah, I, I'm, I am going away. I'm only going to be here for a short while, but then I'm gone. But it's a good thing that I'm going away. And the disciples say, that's impossible. How can it be a good thing that you're going away? But Jesus says, I am going away. And here's the thing. Jesus says, if, if I don't go away, then the Holy Spirit will not come. It's a good thing that the Holy Spirit is coming to you. Because Jesus says, then you will do greater things than I have done. Wow. Wow. Well, I want to talk to you about that this morning. I want to talk to you about the ways the Holy Spirit assists us in our day-to-day life. And folks, can I just tell you something this morning? This is not for just some of those, you know, those, those Pentecostals. Can I just remind everybody, this is the Pentecostal church? Some of you may have not known that because we're not as, maybe as demonstrative as some Pentecostals are. Uh, you may have heard the term uh, swinging from the chandeliers. Anybody ever hear that? Yeah. That's why we don't have chandeliers in here. <laughs> Nobody could swing on these. You may have heard, how many have heard the term holy roller? Anybody heard that term before? Okay. You know, you know why we have the, only one person has heard of that, holy roller? Okay, that's usually referring to Pentecostals, I just want you to know. Um, it, it, and it's because we tend to be demonstrative and, and excitable, and we get excited when the Holy Spirit moves. Okay, here's the thing. What I'm talking about today is nothing, nothing that is conjured up by emotional human beings. What I'm talking about is the genuine moving of the Holy Spirit in us and through us. I don't want anything fake. I don't want anything phony. I don't want anybody acting out, trying to be Pentecostal. Because here's the thing. When the Holy Spirit came upon you, that's not something that you can conjure up or fake or pretend. And this is why it's so important that our hearts are sensitive and tender to the person of the Holy Spirit. It's not an accident that the Holy Spirit is portrayed as a dove. Gentle, a gentle creature. That the, the slightest bit of noise or harsh movement would cause that creature to fly away. What God's calling you and me to is to be sensitive to him, to be careful to hear his voice, to be careful that we experience and know and feel his presence. Are you experiencing that in your life? Because if you're not, then we need to ask God for a special move of his spirit in our midst to bring us back to that place where we experience him and know him the way he wants to be known. Jesus says this, I've spoken these things while still with you, 
but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will be with you. His presence. Now, we use the word Counselor here in verse 26, but the fact of the matter is, is that uh, there is no... There is no translation of that word. It's a word paraclete, that one, which literally means the, uh, the alongside one, or, or in, in, from Greek to English, the beside caller. He's the one at your side speaking to you. That, he's that one at your side who is the actual presence of God. Now, you don't have to go to a temple to experience the presence of God. The presence of God is with you if you put your faith in Christ. One of the things that I have learned as a father, and it really has opened my eyes to help me understand my relationship to my Heavenly Father. Wonderful thing, being a parent. When our kids were little, they would uh, say, Dad, can you just come and, and just, as we're putting them to bed, could you just come and just sit with me? And I said, well, aren't you tired? He goes, yeah, I'm tired, but could you just sit here? Well, did you want me to tell you a story? No, you don't have to talk, just, just be here. And do nothing? I'm a type D, high D personality type, Ben. I got things to do, places to go, people to see. No, just, could you just be here? I'd sit on the end of the bed and talk to them softly, and the next thing you know, they're out like a light. What do they want? They want the presence, the presence of their father. Guess what? It's a thing that I crave. It's a thing that every one of us craves. And the reason I know this it's first of all because I know that you and I were created for relationship with God. You and I are happiest in the presence of God. How many know that today? You're happiest when you're experiencing and knowing the presence of Almighty God. That's when you feel the most content. That's when you feel the most joy. That's when you feel the most peace. That's when you feel the happiest. When you know that God is near. My friends, this is what Jesus promised to us before he ever left this earth. This is what the prophet Joel prophesied, that the Spirit of God would be poured out on all flesh. This is what God wants for you and me. And you and I will never be happy until we experience and know the presence of Almighty God on a daily basis. Not on a weekly basis, just when you come to church, but every day. In those moments when you're feeling lonely, when you're feeling defeated, when you're feeling sad, when you're feeling low, when you feel like, oh, this world, I can't take another minute of it, it's at that time that you need to know the presence of Almighty God. St. Augustine said that in the heart of every human being is a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. You know what I think happens to us? I think so often we fill that, try to fill that hole with all the wrong things. But God has given us his spirit to fill that hole. And my friends, you will never be happy. You will never be content. You will never have peace until you let the spirit of God fill that hole in your heart. That's what Pentecost Sunday is all about. God coming and dwelling within us. God having his way in our heart, in my heart. C.S. Lewis, one of my absolute favorite authors, and if anybody's ever heard of him, he's the one that wrote the the, uh, what were they, the, the seven books, what were they called again? Chronicles of Narnia. Thank you, you read them too. 
Fantastic, fantastic stuff. But this is what he said. He said that the worst thing about hell will be that human beings will no longer be able to cry out to God, to experience the presence of God. He said the worst thing about hell was that we will be no longer able to experience the God who created us. No longer will we have God filling that hole in our hearts. He says that will be the worst hell that any human being could ever imagine. Have you acknowledged his presence? Have you acknowledged him day by day? Because that's what it means to walk with God. You acknowledge his presence day by day. That glorious presence that wherever you go, whatever you do, wherever you are, he's there. He's there. You're not alone. That's why the Apostle Paul says, pray without ceasing. When I go to bed at night, and I, I do this more and more as I get older. I don't know if it's a sign of age or a sign of getting spiritual, but I found myself murmuring away, talking away to God. Dear God, help me. And tell God all about the things that are disturbing me, all the things that are causing me uh, to be a little bit stressed out, all the things that I'm working on. Uh, Zambia figures into a lot of these prayers these days. 19,000 more to go. We don't know what we're going to do in Chihuahua because the chief there wants to take the land away from the missionaries there. We've got a whole team going there to do work. And I'm God. I, I, I sure hope you know what you're doing. Oh, yes, yeah, so of course, God, you're God. You would know what you're doing. Okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing. God, could you help me here? And I'm, I'm talking away to myself, and I fall asleep talking to God because I, he's there. Then I wake up at 3 in the morning. Anybody wake up at 3 in the morning? Then you know what I'm talking about. I wake up in the morning, and there I'm talking to God again. Oh, God. Where did I, where did I leave off? Oh, yes, God, Zambia. <laughs> and I'm telling him about Zambia, and I'm talking to him about the kids. and talking. My, my in-laws are out traveling somewhere. God, keep them safe. And I'm, I'm talking about my dad. My dad's gone. Keep him safe, Lord. And... I'm, I'm talking away to God. His presence is there. This is what God wants for you and me, to have that kind of a relationship where we experience and know that ongoing presence of God. You're not alone. He's given us His Holy Spirit so that you would not walk alone. Jesus says that this counselor, when He comes... He'll teach you all things. He'll teach you all things. Everything you need to know. Now, I'll tell you this. When I was a young Christian, started reading my Bible, some things I didn't know, I think, man, I better phone Pastor Barber because he's my pastor. Anybody ever hear of H.H. H. Barber? He's, he's uh, the closest thing to God in Manitoba. And I wanted to get on the phone and talk to him and say, Pastor Barber, I'm not sure about this passage of Scripture. What does that mean? And, and I wanted to talk, there's so many things, so many questions I wanted to ask him. But I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And this was just as a young Christian saying, Alan, you don't need to talk to Pastor Barber. I've given you my Spirit who will teach you all things. 
Alan, give me a try. And I prayed, dear God, speak to me, show me, teach me, help me to understand this. And guess what happened? I, I didn't have to call Pastor Barber at midnight. I didn't have to call him at 2 in the morning. I didn't have to call him at 6 in the morning. I didn't have to call him at all because I've got the Holy Spirit, folks, who's on call 24 hours. Hello. Seven days a week. And he's always available and always, always very happy to help me with any questions that I may have, any decisions I need to make, any wisdom that I need. And the Bible says he gives that wisdom generously without finding fault. Wow. So you don't have to go to the Holy Spirit and say, Look, don't, don't be mad at me, God. Don't gang up on me, but I got this question. How many know that God's not like human fathers? He doesn't give you a lecture first before he helps you. Thank God for that. He just helps you. Gives you the wisdom you need. That's the workings of the Holy Spirit in your life and mine, if you'd be open to it. And then I became a pastor. But you think it's hard being a Christian? Try becoming a pastor. I don't encourage anybody to become a pastor. I just say, you better make sure you're called to do this or <laughs> it's going to be murder. And so I'm starting to deal. I'm a young man, 23 years old, 22 years old. I'm dealing with, with big problems, people. I'm talking about 16 caliber. We're talking about big, big problems. And I get right away, I better call H.H. Barber. And then the Spirit of God says to me, I know more than H.H. Barber. I'm sure Pastor Barber wouldn't be offended at hearing that. And I go to God and say, God, how do I deal with this? And he teaches me. And he gives me the wisdom that I need and the instruction and the guidance that I need so that I get it right. He said, but Pastor, I'm not a pastor. How does this relate to me? Well, I'll tell you how. It's this relates to day-to-day -day living, getting it right, having the wisdom to know how to deal with that person at work who's a real J-E-R-K. Jerk, if you can't spell. How do you deal with that guy? How do you, what happens when the boss is the J-E-R-K? Then what do you do? Call Pastor Barber. <laughs> and don't call me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit will teach you all things. To teach you what to say, give you the wisdom. What do you do when you go to a superstore? <laughs> I went to Perth. I won't tell you which one. And uh, I went in, that, in the store, and the, the same girl been working there, I don't know, 14, 15 years. She went in there, and she's got this look on her face that says, Get out of my store. <laughs> Anybody ever go to a shop like that where you just think, what, Do they even want business? And this girl's sitting here, and, and, and she's got a scowl on her face, and I'm sure she doesn't want me there. And, um, and she said something rude and insulting to me. And, I, and I, my reaction, it's, it's the flesh. I want to say something back, like really put her in her place. You know what I'm talking about, Kevin? You understand, you understand what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm talking about. You just want to, you know, just forget you're a Christian for a minute. And I'm saying, and, and right away, I mean, I got check in my spirit. How I many know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about a check in your spirit. Something inside you that says, okay, if you do this, you're going to do the wrong thing. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. That's the, that's the spirit of God 
working in you so that you do the right thing all the time. And so I'm, I'm there and I just want to just, you know, like just really lean into her and put her in her place and say, you should be thankful that I'm coming here with my, you know, you know, you know everybody, does anybody know what I'm talking about? I think you know what I'm talking about. So put her in her place. The Spirit of God just says, Alan, don't. Show her what a Christian acts like. You know, how does a Christian act now? <laughs> no, no I'm, just, I'm joking, I'm joking. And, I'm, I, and then my, act, my reaction was, okay. Uh, I said, to, you know what I said? There? I said, um, uh, you've been working here a long time, haven't you? She said, yes. Is this like, <laughs> what's, what's that in your business? I said, you know, it must be hard dealing with the public day in and day out. And it was, it was like I just took a pin and deflated the balloon. And she's like, oh, yeah. Oh, it's so hard. And I said, well, I just want you to know how much I appreciate the way that you've served me over all these 14 years. And um, said a few more kind words. And then she starts getting all blubbery, all, all teary-eyed. I said, oh, Lord, what did I do? <laughs> oh, no, now what do I do? <laughs> she said to me, do you know how rude and mean people are? They come in here and they attack me. They attack my character. They hurt my feelings. They put me down. They're abusive and abusive and abusive. Now, I want you to know something today, people. I dare say that there are probably more than a few Christians along the way that have come and abused her and hurt her. Do you understand that you are supposed to be channels of God's love to a broken and hurting world? You are vessels filled with the Spirit, to do God's work. And if you do not respond to the wisdom and the power and the teachings of the Holy Spirit, my friends, you will not be instruments in the hands of a loving God. And this is why you as Christians, you must allow the Holy Spirit to work in you and through you so that you can bring love and hope and healing to broken and hurting people. I went through Tim Hortons the other day on Camp Day. Anybody here of Camp Day? Oh, yeah. There's four cars in the driveway, and the, uh, the whole, the whole drive-through is lined with people. And the family standing there, mother and father, little girl holding a pail, looks at me with those big cow eyes, would you like to give some money to kids for What do you say? I said, well, I've got two, three dimes in my ashtray and about four pennies. And Gloria says, I, I think I've got a buck. And so we're rummaging through. Pull that out. Put it in the, in the bucket. We did our duty, right? Wrong. Because in the next guy, he's got some kind of a thing that you spin on a wheel. He says, would you like to give a dollar so that you can... So I just gave. He says, that's okay, you can give again. <laughs> Spins it. And if that's not enough, by the way, I didn't play the, the lottery, just want you to know. And then another kid comes along, another guy comes along and says, would you like to give some money? I said, well, I just gave. That's three times. I get to the place where you make your order, and the, the lady says, would you like to give <laughs> Looney towards Cap Day? Four times, people, in ten minutes, five minutes, ten, four times. I said, well, I've already given. 
Now, by this time, I'm like, I want to say, give me the manager. I got to straighten this out. I got to, I got to solve this problem here. This is, this Tim Hortons is not running properly. I know how to run this thing. And the Spirit of God speaks to my heart. Remember, Alan, you're a Christian and a pastor in this community. And uh, I went to the till and I, I paid for my coffee and I smiled at the girl. She smiled at me and, and I knew right then she recognized who I was. And I said, thank you, Jesus, for helping me be a Christian today. <laughs> and I go around the corner and I just found out because I told the same story this morning at the first service. Go around the corner and one of the guys, it's just brand new in the church, just started coming, sits over this side, uh, you've heard me talk about him. He'd been going to Tim Hortons for years and years and years. Finally, he started coming to church. He's so on fire for God. God's done a work in his life. And he said, I saw you going through the, through the drive-thru. He just told me that this morning after telling the story. And I'm thinking, Jesus? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for giving me the wisdom to do the right thing. Thank you for teaching me to be a Christian. And here I am being a Christian for 40 years and God's still teaching me how to be a Christian. Now there's my little confession. What about yours? Do the people at work know you're a Christian by the way you talk, by your attitude? Do they know that you're a Christian by the way you treat your workmates? What about your kids? Do your, Christian, your kids see what you're really like in your home, would they say that mom and dad are believers? Or would they say mom and dad are the biggest hypocrites that ever walked the face of the earth? My friends, listen to me. This is serious stuff. As Christians who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within us, as Christians who have the presence of Almighty God, who are being taught by the Holy Spirit how to live like Jesus, you've got to respond to him so that you honor Jesus in all that you say and do. Besides of which, there's a whole world out there that needs your love, that needs Jesus. And there's no plan B. There's only a plan A, and you are plan A. You are the ones that God wants to use by his Spirit. presence of God represented by the Holy Spirit, the teaching of God by the Holy Spirit, and the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Does anybody know what the prompting of the Holy Spirit is? It's when you don't know what to say, you don't know what to do, and the Holy Spirit prompts you to go in the right direction to do the right thing. Listen to me. You have God at your disposal 24-7. Who will help you so that you make right decisions? Remember what we say. Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it how? More abundantly. How does that happen? When you yield to the promptings and the direction of the Holy Spirit in your life. That's how that happens. When I was a, uh, most of you know that I'm, I'm a, a rather shy person. That's what they did at the first service. They all laughed when I said that. But it's true. I do not like being on a platform and acting out. I, that's not my thing. I can never be a Mark Moyer. That's not me. I, um, I had, a, had a part in the play as a kid in Sunday school. 
I knew my lines forward, backwards. I wasn't worried about my mom was worried about it. You better study and know those parts. I know the mom, not a problem. And I knew them. I knew them, that is, until the day of the Christmas play. And I'm standing on the platform. It's dark. The place is packed with people. Lights go out. And there's a spotlight right in my face. Now, has anybody ever heard the expression deer caught in headlights? That was pasture-to-be someday caught in a spotlight. My mind went blank. I couldn't remember a thing. But in the front row, thank God, was my Sunday school teacher who had all my lines before her, and she was supposed to be my prompter. And she'd say, C is for Christmas. C is for Christmas. <laughs> What's the next letter in Christmas? <laughs> H is for, and, and that's and that's how we. That I didn't. I don't remember one word. She prompted me through every single word. I got to just tell everybody something here this morning. You're the Holy Spirit who will prompt you when you don't know what to say when you're caught in the headlights, so to speak. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. You don't know what's the next step. Life has got you in the headlights, and you don't know what to do next. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit is here to lead you and guide you. Hallelujah. You're not walking alone. And you don't have to make this thing up as you go. And I'm going to tell you this. If you do make it up as you go, you're going to get yourself into big trouble. Anybody relate to what I'm just saying here? Oh, I could tell you stories. And I just learned how to be sensitive to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. Thank God, because uh, I'll be driving along as a high D, Ben, and my foot auto... It might, here's, my, here's my default settings. My personality type is go there and get there fast. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some aren't. Some are, let's, let's not get there fast. Let's daydream and let's sightsee. Okay, that drives my personality type crazy. My job is get there and get there as fast as possible. The Holy Spirit reminds me that I'm a Christian. <laughs> the Holy Spirit reminds me that if I speed, I'm going to get a ticket. You say, this sounds kind of trivial, Pastor. Oh, no, it's not. The Holy Spirit is in your life to help you every step of the way. And so I can celebrate today and say, I haven't had a ticket for years. Well, say hallelujah with me, man. <laughs> I haven't had an accident for years. I hear people say to me, man, I don't know why my life doesn't turn out right. Why it's always such a mess. Why am I getting into trouble? Why? Listen to me. Start listening and paying attention to the promptings of the Holy Spirit so that you will have a happy and abundant life. This is what God wants for you. He will remind you of everything that Jesus said. Why? Because Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. And he has set for you a way to live. He's showing you how to live. And all you have to do is respond to the promptings and the leadings and the teachings and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Let me just close with this. When I was a pastor in Carberry, Manitoba, I'd go, I'd go home. That is, leave Carby and come back to Winnipeg and see my sweetie, Gloria. And uh, it was Christmas time. 
And I want you to know that most pastors are not, are not wealthy. Most people know that. We don't, we're not wealthy people. And when we start out the ministry, like we have nothing. I think I was making $1,000 a month at that time. And uh, it was Christmas time. I'm driving along Trans-Canada Highway number one and just coming up on the town of Sydney. Anybody here of Sydney, Manitoba? It's Carberry and Sydney. And I'm just coming up to Sydney. All of a sudden, I feel this prompting of the Holy Spirit saying, Alan, stop. What? Stop. Pulled over quickly onto the shoulder, stop. Middle of winter, just before Christmas. And the Holy Spirit promised me, and says, I want you to go to that house there. Um, instantly crossed the ditch. The house I'd been to one time was brought there by a, a pastor, uh, another pastor from the area. And I, don't, I can't remember why I was there, but I, I do know that we, we stopped in to visit for a minute. The Spirit said, go to that house and give the people in that house all the money in your pocket. And my first reaction is like, oh, yeah, I don't hardly have any of a pastor. And then I suddenly remembered, oh, yeah, someone gave me money for Christmas. 200 bucks in my pocket. And, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm ready to do a little debate with God. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? A little, all of it? <laughs> like 10% maybe? or All of it. So there I am. I got no boots on. Being the city boy that I am, I stayed that way, even though I lived in the country. I'm walking through the ditch, snow up to my knees, up to my thighs. My shoes are full of snow. And I said, I remember saying, God, if I didn't hear right from you, when I get to that door, I'm going to look like such an idiot. I knocked on the door. The lady looks at me. I look at her. And she says, can I help you? And I said, God told me. God told me I was supposed to give you this. And I gave her $200. She didn't remember me. But I gave her the $200. I was all my Christmas money that I got. And she starts to sob. It just sob. Her whole body is just shaking. And I said, <laughs> I'm sorry that I, fa- I what, what do you do? And she said, well, you're not going to believe this, but I was just praying. I said, I said, God, if you're real, if you really care about me, then God, would you provide some money for me so that I can have a Christmas with my kids? This woman, her husband left her with the kids. She had no money. And she was facing Christmas with nothing. And she said, Lord, if you're real, if you are real, would you provide for me? And there's a goofy little city pastor in the country with shoes full of snow, handing $200 to her. Because of that, she and her family started attending church and gave her hearts to Jesus. I can tell you that was the best 200 bucks I ever spent in my life. I can tell you there's nothing that brought me greater joy than knowing that somehow God 
could use me to bring blessing to broken and hurting people. My friends, listen to me. This should not be a once-in-a-lifetime occurrence. This should not be a once-in-a-year occurrence. This should be your life. This is what brings joy and enthusiasm and excitement to your Christian life. When you say, God, here am I. Use me. Let your Spirit work in me and through me for your glory and honor. And watch what God will do. Watch your faith come alive. Watch your heart be filled with a new joy and a new peace and a new excitement for Christ and for His church and for the work of God. Would you stand with me, please? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. Would you pray that with me this morning? Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. One more time. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on me. God, we're showing up for duty. We're saying, God, here am I. Use me. God, take my car, my house, my money. Take my life and use it as a channel of your blessing to a broken and hurting world. Hear my Lord. Use me. Use me by your Spirit. Father, I pray as we go from this place this morning, may we be a people surrendered and yielded to you for your great purposes. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said it with me. Amen. Amen.